Kia ora. Good morning. Thank you. I, I, it, I, it's like I'm the parent, right? And I didn't even need to say anything. I just had to be. And you're like, <laughs> yes, Pastor Dre. Hey, it is really good to see you. Kia ora. Welcome to this place. Uh, if you're watching online, kia ora to you as well. Welcome wherever you are. We know we've got some pit islanders. Good to uh, see you. Yeah, woo. Uh, we love you guys. Um, how those slides working? There we go. Amen for technology. Hey, um, my name is Dre, um, and uh, along with a fantastic team, we lead Cornerstone Church. So if I haven't met you before, kia ora, hi. Um, we've been reading through the book of Acts this year, and um, I'm preaching next week as well, and I will be doing the book of Acts next week. But here's the thing. When you read the book of Acts, sometimes what it does is it fluffs things to the surface, and there's like things floating around that you're like, oh, that's really awesome. I'd really like to speak on that. So is it okay? Will you give me permission to jump away from Acts for a moment? But some of the stuff, no? Okay. All right. <laughs> We're just going to go for it then. I have no idea what chapter. No. We're going to do what? I've got the microphone, Michelle. So, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm kidding. Um, so what we're going to do today is we're going to speak on one word, just one, one subject that God has been speaking to me about, and that when you read the book of Acts, you can't help but go, man, these guys have got a different than we do. And it's been, it's been boiling to the surface uh, for me. So uh, we're not going to talk necessarily about the book of Acts, but we are going to talk about something from the book of Acts. Um, you know, I have the privilege of being able to connect with people on a daily basis about stuff that's going on in their lives. And um, after a few years of doing this, I've come to the conclusion of a few things. Um, often the, one of some of the biggest issues facing Christians today are things like, but not necessarily, these types of things. They seem a little odd and out of context, but I will put them in context in a moment. People often just feel bad. They feel bad that they're not doing what God wants them to do. They feel bad that they've made mistakes. They feel bad because they think that God is really upset with them. They think that God is unpleased with them or their behavior. People struggle with the three O's, the uh, omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresence of God. If you're a person that wants to know what those mean, just very quickly, I'm going to put those up for you there. Um, basically just meaning that omnipotence is that God is in total control. He's all-powerful, all-omniscient, meaning that He is uh, everywhere, uh, sorry, um, that He is truth, and that omnipresence, meaning that He is everywhere. So go back to that. People feel bad. They feel like God is unpleased with them, and they struggle that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving, and everywhere. Those are some of the things that I have encountered from people. So that is one idea, that is one mindset that I have seen. But if you're familiar with Romans 12, you'll know this very famous piece of scripture. It says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Many of us will be familiar with that. What it's basically saying, if we look at it, in its sort of literal sense, do not be conformed to the world. And let's start at the end by the renewing of your mind. 
This is Paul talking about a Christian context. So let's stay over here that this is the Christian mindset and it's a renewing of our mind, okay? So here we are. And then the opposite of that is over here where the world is conformed to another thing. So if we've got renewing of our mind over here, what is Paul talking about then that must be the opposite? He's talking that that's a renewed mind and this is a solidifying of your mind. I.e., I know what I'm doing. Don't you tell me what to do. Or I don't even think anything. I don't even need to think about thinking differently. I'm just going to do my thing because I've always done it. Whereas over here, we've got God, guess what? I'm not in control. God, I might make mistakes. Holy Spirit, please talk to me. Renew my thinking. Keep my brain growing. Keep my soul growing. So we've got solidifying our mind over here and renewing our mind over here. So Romans 12 doesn't finish there. It says, then you'll be able to test and approve what is good, pleasing and perfect will of God. Can you guys say good, pleasing and perfect will of God? Beautiful. Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but by be transformed by the renewing of our mind. People feel bad. God is unpleased. Struggle with God's three O's. This is a mindset. But it's not the full mindset that God wants us. Because he says we're good. He says that it's pleasing and that there is the perfect will of God. What is the biggest issue I think of today? Or one of the very, very big issues. It's a very simple word. But when we think about it, it has massive context. It's simply this, perspective. I think if you're going to write stuff down today, today's sermon is called perspective. If you look at the, the little moon, keep watching. Keep watching. Ah, oh, little cornerstone cross. There we go. <laughs> perspective. Oh my goodness. The amount of conversations I sit in and I hear people speaking from a perspective of brokenness and hurt and struggle, and I totally know and understand that what that comes, where that comes from. However, we do not have to live in that perspective. Am I right? We have a different perspective that we can adopt and that we can take on. But how many people know that sometimes we don't? How many people would agree that sometimes they know things with this, but they don't feel those things with this? Is it just me? Look at you. Awesome. Beautiful. I have a few thoughts. You know, when you're crafting a sermon, you're supposed to sort of set up a problem and then answer the problem. So a a few things about perspective. Um, I'm going to quote my son here. He says, this is when he's about four. He says, Dad, I don't like little dogs, Daddy. They are the buddy ones. Now, the reason that Isaac had said this to me is because from his perspective, every dog that is smaller than his dog is a little dog, and he got attacked by his uh, great auntie's dog, Olive. I mean, it's a spoodle, poodle, cross, spoodle, spadle thing. It's like the most unscary looking dog you've ever seen in your life. But it jumped up on him once, and according to him, it tried to rip his face off. Okay. 
That was his perspective. We understand. But here's the thing. For, for Isaac, um, every dog, his perspective was, because we, we just didn't have a lot of friends with dogs. We didn't have a lot of family members with dogs. So he had his dog, who was nice and kind to him. And then all the other dogs he's interacted with that jumped up and hurt him were smaller than him. So he didn't like that. So that was his perception. And how many people know that sometimes our perception can be really unhelpful? Because the problem with Isaac is if every dog smaller than his dog was a scary dog and might attack him, that's a problem when you've got a Great Dane. Because every dog is scary and trying to rip your face off. And so for years, Isaac was terrified of dogs because that's him sitting on the dog. When he was really little, one day I was in the kitchen and I heard, Java, Java, my dog. And I was like, yes, Java's your dog. He's like, Java, my dog, horse. And I was like, what? And he's like, Java, my dog, horse, wee. And I came out and he was like, <laughs> literally riding her down the hallway. There's Luca with Java. Look how cute and fat he is. Are you allowed to say that about? Um, I put that, I think I put this one up on Facebook a wee while ago. And the comment was, it's okay, she's on a leash attached to a, uh, a boy that's half the weight. So the problem was, his perception was that all dogs were scary if they were smaller than his dog. He met a Newfoundland once, big thing that was like 85 kilos, ran straight up to it, gave it a huge hug. But if he was around Olive or any other little small dog, he would literally scream his face off. Uh, and I was like, dude, this is really embarrassing. Well, but like, cool when you run up to the big dogs. Um, so there's this perception issue. Our perception sometimes needs to change. Um, I've said this story before, but it is such a great illustration. In World War II, um, in the first three years of World War II, they were having major issues with the uh, percentage of planes coming back. Okay. The, a lot of the planes, the percentage was huge, a lot bigger than some of the other countries. So the English were trying to organize and sort out where they needed to put thicker armor. Now, steel was like really hard to get. It was very costly and expensive. So you only wanted some steel to be in some places. And also you didn't want to weigh down the aircraft with huge amounts of armor. Do you guys follow me? And so what they do is they get all of these planes that have been shot up and, a, and attacked in the sky, and when they landed, they'd get them all lined up, and they're trying to get data, and they're trying to figure out what is the best way uh, to protect these planes, right? And so their perspective is they're trying to organize this, and they're trying to sort it out so that they can be protected. They literally did this for about three years, and they'd put armor here, and they'd put armor there. They'd try it. They'd put it out, and the percentage wouldn't decrease. They couldn't really figure out what was happening. They tried and they tried and they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably millions of dollars on these planes trying to figure out how they could protect them. Until one day they got a statistician involved and he looked at the data and said, you're looking at it wrong. Your perception is wrong. You're asking the wrong questions. So they would look at a plane and if you imagine all the red dots They'd look at a plane that had landed, and they'd look at all the dots and go, okay, well, you know, there's a, lot of sh there's a lot of holes in the wings. We need to protect the wings. There's a lot of holes in the fuselage. We need to protect it. And he was saying, no, 
because there's lots of holes, don't worry about it. Because you're looking at the planes that survived. Right? (laughs) You're looking at the planes that survived. What you need to be doing is actually looking at the gaps. Because the gaps are the ones where the planes never got back. And so if you look at, say, the engines, it's like, oh, there's no holes in the engines. Oh, that's good. We don't need to worry about it. No, 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 no. (laughs) If you get shot in the engine, you're going down and you're not coming back. Sometimes you need someone else to come in with a different perspective and say, you're doing it wrong. And guess what? Holy Spirit is very good at that. (laughs) So instead of doing that, if you look at the blue, they've gone, ah, actually, those are the most dangerous places. So they strengthened them. And over a two-year period, they saw like a 47% increase of planes surviving just because one person was able to ask one question and say, you're looking at it wrong. Perception matters, right? The way we look at things matter. Sometimes a fresh perspective brings a new perspective. Who loves a Big Mac? Come on, be honest. It's a safe place. One person. One person? Come on. I do not believe you. No one's watching. Okay. Everyone close your eyes. Put your hands up if you like a Big Mac. Oh, look, I knew it. I was watching. Ha. You know, how many people know that there's a perception on um, there's a perception on social media? Everything is awesome. Look at my life. Look at my abs. That's not my social media. That's someone else's. <coughs> Everything is amazing. Has anyone ever looked at social media, be honest, looked at someone else, what they're posting, and gone, oh, man, I perceive my life to be not as cool as theirs. Let's be honest. Right? Me too. Um, So social media, but often you'll find that's what they put online, but in reality it looks something like this. Anyone ever found this to be true? Perception versus reality? Um, Stephen Furtick has this great quote. um, Don't compare your behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Oh man, we do that. Our perception is, this person's got it all together. This person's fantastic. This person's great. They, they, they can do all things. Look at me. Mate, that is not how it works. Not at all. I've got one more thought, one more point to make. See, I think we have a perspective problem. I think we sometimes look at life from a human perspective, from an earthly perspective, and we are influenced dramatically by doing so. Whereas God has a different idea. I'm going to ask you a question. Does anybody know someone that no matter what is happening, they believe that Jesus loves them, that God has a plan, and that they're going to keep the main thing the main thing? Does anyone know someone like that? They're so awesome, those people. Rob MacArthur, you're one of those people. Danny Hardy, you're one of those people, wherever you are. They're down there. They're awesome people. Can I be honest? Slightly annoying sometimes. I'm just being honest. I'm sorry. Anyone? No, no, no one agree. In the sense that, in the sense that, you know, you're like, oh, all this stuff's happening. And they're like, it's all right. God's here and God's good. And he's right. But I'm also like, oh, it points out to me that perhaps my perspective isn't perfect. Sometimes we look through things with a broken lens. Like I said, a lens of hurt 
a lens of struggle, a lens of experience. I've, I've talked to people who say, I do not trust you because you're a pastor. I was like, far out. What have I done to hurt you? Oh, nothing. But three pastors ago, this person did that. So I'm watching you. I'm like, wow. They're looking at me through a lens of hurt. Here's a cool thing to, to note. Have a bit of grace with that. It's not this person's fault, right? Let's be graceful. Often it's not what we're looking at that's actually the problem. It's often the lens. All right, Isaac, can we have my son Isaac come on? Everyone give him a round of applause. Stand there, buddy. Say hi. <laughs> um, all right, what we're going to do, Isaac, your job is to catch these balls. All right, here we go. You're looking very cool, by the way. Are we ready? Oh, oh, okay. This is awkward. (sighs) No, it's not at all. See, here's the thing. Isaac is extremely, what's the word? Long-visioned. These are not the appropriate lenses for Isaac to be catching a ball with. What he needs is these thick bad boys. Holy schmoly. Okay. Put those on and let's see if the problem was the problem or whether it was the lens he was looking through. Please catch this, Isaac. This is the whole point. (laughs) Let's give him some encouragement. Hey, two, three. And we'll go for two more because they're awesome and he's doing a good job. Let's go further back. Oh, oh, no. Oh, quickly, let's end it here. Yay! Give me a big round of applause. All right, you can go, Isaac. Awesome. So I would argue sometimes it's actually not about the problem, but the lens in which we look at the problem. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we, we've got to identify, and we have to have the Holy Spirit identify to us. So actually, I'm looking at this work issue through a lens of worry. My past experience has been X, so therefore I'm interpreting Y. But God is bigger. God has a fresh and a new perspective for all of us. I'm going to say this, and I never normally say this. I think every single one of us has some area in our lives where we have a slight perception problem. We don't believe God is big enough. We don't believe God could do it. We don't believe God loves us enough. We don't believe that even though everything that I've done, that God would do this. He does, he will, and he loves us all. If we change the way we look at things, the things we're looking at will change. When we look at a problem With a God perspective, I look at that mountain and I say, you can move. 
I look at a church building, it's going to cost millions of dollars, and I go, done in the name of Jesus. Certainly not in the name of Dre, because I've got a performing arts background. I'm not the guy to try and get us into a multi-million dollar building. Thankfully, though, I have a perspective that God knows what he's doing, and that God always pays for what he orders. Are we looking through an earthly lens or a God lens? Or another way to put it, an earthly perspective or a God perspective? Here's the thing. We train ourselves. We train our brains to say, I can't do this. I don't do that. You know, I've said this before, but who's your biggest critic? You, me, us. Maybe your spouse when you're trying a new outfit on, but hey. I think um, also, to take another look at things, I think sometimes we magnify an issue to try and bring clarity to something. We're like, hey, this big thing is, this is a really big issue. And how many people know that's important? And we absolutely 100% at times should look at something and go, this needs some special attention. But also, have you ever seen someone go through life and they are so zoomed in on something that it is blurry? Sometimes we magnify an issue to bring clarity, but to a point where we've done so, everything else is blurry. Could you imagine walking around with a magnifying glass as your glasses? Sometimes we do that too. We look at things through a lens of going, this is so important, this is so important, to a point when nothing else is important. You guys ever seen that in someone? Have you ever done that? You're so focused on something that everything else becomes blurry. We've got to recreate the lenses. Just playing soccer. I don't want like a health and safety issue with um, Elliot tripping up on these balls. Ugh. I don't know why I picked on you, Elliot. It could have been anyone, wherever you are. We've got to change our perspective. Here's the thing, though. I remember um, Hannah used to tell me that her dad used to say this to me, to her, when she was quite, um, oh, be careful here, Dre. Um, At times in a younger part of her life, Hannah used to be fairly moody, and uh, not anymore. (laughs) But she did, and her dad would say to her, Hannah, choose to be happy. She said, I hated that. Choose to be happy. Choose to be. Well, I must sound like Gollum. Maybe she sounded like Gollum. <laughs> Precious. Um, but she said, I don't like that. I was so annoying, but she's so true. You actually do have a choice. So sometimes we've actually got to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me when I'm making a wrong thought process and help me to choose the right thought process in this situation. We must choose to change our perspective. Because it guess what? It doesn't happen by default. This is what I've learned over the years. You do not mature by default. You ever met a 50-year-old where you're like, you have not matured. There are areas of your life you still need to work on. It, it takes a decision. It takes a choice. It takes introverted looking. It takes getting someone else to come in and and help, maybe a counselor or a close friend. 
All right. We cannot always change our circumstances, but we can change our perspectives of those circumstances. Right? I remember when I lost my eyesight, and after a couple of years, you know, it just carrying on and carrying on, and things would get worse, and then I lost the sight of my other eye, and people would say to me, man, it must be really hard. But honestly, I just decided that it was going to change my perspective on it. I just decided. I didn't always feel it. Because here's the thing. Sometimes our feelings lie to us. Don't listen to your feelings. Listen to what you know to be true. And I would just say, you know what? God is awesome. Great. God has a plan for me. God knows I'm in this situation. God loves me. God's going to do whatever God wants to do. And guess what? I'm okay in it. I'm going to sit here in this place of trial and I'm going to learn. I've spoken about this before, but I understood what it was to be generous beforehand. And then God's like, cool, do you understand what it's like to be generous, do you? Sweet. Let's flip you over like a turtle in the sand. And now you have to receive generosity. Turns out I didn't know so much about generosity then. I didn't like it. I had pride. I didn't like being short of money every single week. I didn't like having to eat two-minute noodles. I didn't like that my wife didn't get some of the things that we needed and she needed. But people came and people loved on us, and I had to swallow my pride. But towards the, the end of it, it was such a cool experience. I honestly, honestly, in front of you all, would never change it. I don't thank God for the being blind, but I thank you for what he taught me. What does it look like in your life to have a perspective where you say, I will learn everything I can from every situation? My words are powerful. I'm not going to complain or worry, but I'm going to focus on God. I agree, really hard to do. It is, but this is where the renewing of our mind comes in every day. Does it say renewed mind? No. Renewing, which means continuous. Not one day, but many days. A changed perspective changes our purpose, our perception, our peace, and our place in life. So you've sat here and you've heard me say that We need to change our perspective, that our perspective is a problem if we're just thinking from an earthly or worldly view or a human view. Can I give you three ways in which we can change our perspective? Is that all right? Write it down. Okay. First one, three perspective changes. These are not all of them, but this is three things that I felt like God gave me when I prayed about this. First one is we need a faith perspective. We need a perspective that says, no matter what happens, no matter the storm, God says who he is, who he says he is, and I will stand in that no matter what happens. Man, there is strength in that. You know, I don't believe in just going through people's like, as long as you're happy, do whatever you want. Ah, rubbish. I'll take joy over happiness any day. Because happiness... 
is tied to circumstances. Whereas a deep, genuine joy because of who God is will get you through any circumstance. The joy of the Lord is our, that's how you get through. We need a faith perspective. Jeremiah 29, 11. Hey, just a quick question. When you hear this verse, is there anyone else that thinks of Lee Yobea? No, just me. She loves this verse, and every time I interact with her, she'll quote this verse at me, and I'm like, you're just awesome. I love it. And she's not here, wherever you are. I think you're in Wales. Bless you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God knows where you're at. I've reworded this. It's just, it's not scripture, but I just thought for some people it might be helpful to hear. God's saying, I have a plan for you. I have plans to prosper you, not to give you harm, but plans to give you a hope and a future. When we have a faith perspective, God knows where you're at. God knows what you need. Trust in Him. Be praying. Man, that can change our perspective. Ooh. Okay. Let's feel the Lord to say to someone, you are in a workplace where you feel like you're in the wrong place. You're not in the wrong place. Because you can shine God's light on you wherever you are. Uh, shine God's light on other people wherever you are. He hasn't made a mistake. He's got you where you are right now to bless others. But here's the thing. It may not be comfortable. How many people know that when you step out of the boat, we have to be a little more comfortable with the uncomfortable? All right. A faith perspective changes how we make decisions, right? A faith perspective changes how we respond to trials. A faith perspective changes how we wait. I'm not sure. I don't know. Versus, God has a plan for me. I know he's going to come through. He has never not come through for me before. I will stand in his word, in his promise. A faith perspective changes how we face the unknown. Number two, we need a Christ perspective. Matthew 16, this is where Peter talks to Matthew and he's talking about going to Jerusalem and Matthew says, took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, don't go there, he's saying. This shall never happen to you. You won't get killed is essentially what he's saying. And in verse 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, the biggest rebuke you could possibly get. Like this is the biggest mic drop moment. He says to his friend, get behind me, Satan. How many people feel like if that was you, you'd be like, oh, someone's calling me. I've got to go home. Oh, sorry. (laughs) It would be awkward. But he says that, this massive rebuke, and it's all based around perception. See, Peter has a humanly perspective. Jesus has a Jesus perspective. He knows that he has to go to Jerusalem. He knows he has to be killed and that he will be resurrected so that we can all have relationship to the Father through him and eternal life. 
So he says, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. To have a Christ perspective is a different perspective. If we're truly thinking like Christ, it changes things. It changes how we love, right? Unconditionally. It changes who we love. Everyone. Regardless of whether they're unlovable or not. It changes, a Christ perspective changes how we forgive. Because he first forgave us. A Christ perspective also changes how we parent. Forgiveness, grace, love. Third one, we need an eternal perspective. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. When you have an eternal perspective, guess what? All the little things become little things. Let's be honest. Who here has focused or been caught up in the day-to-day little things over time? Those things have got to happen. I understand. They've got to be dealt with. But they should never be our focus so much that everything else becomes blurry. A eternal perspective changes how we focus through life. I'm going to keep this main thing, the main thing, that I am to love God with all my heart, body, and soul, and I am to love others as I want to be loved and treated. It also changes how we should love, uh, show the love of Christ. An eternal perspective also shows how we should forgive. And it also shows us what really matters. Uh, There's a situation that's happened uh, in my wider family. And it's just, it really, it's it's just horrible. There's an issue between people. And um, actually, I hope you don't mind Marion. I'm going to mention Bill. Bill, who was an awesome member of our congregation, loved Dearly, love, love Bill and Marion. And Bill passed away a few months ago. And um, he just reminded me that our life is short and can be quite temporal. And I just reminded me that actually all these things, these little issues that these, this person has with the family, though they might be right, true, and accurate, or not true or accurate, it actually just doesn't matter. I would rather love than be right. We should too. You know what the problem is with feeling right though? Uh, Sorry, being right? Feels good, doesn't it? I'm going to be right. You're going to know you're wrong, so I'm right. You know the problem in relationship of one person wins and one person loses? Someone loses. If you love that person, you don't want them to lose. God wants us to have an eternal perspective, not an internal perspective. Just me, just my life, just my friends, just my family. Family is awesome, 100%, but not at the cost of what God has called us to be 
and to do. We must have an eternal perspective. A lot of stuff fades into the background when you're thinking big picture. All right, can I have the worship team up, please? Uh, Matthew 6.19, Jesus says, Do not lay up yourselves for treasures on earth where moth and rust may destroy and thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves do not break into steel. So here's an important thing. So for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So if you have an eternal perspective, thinking about eternity, thinking about relationship with Christ, that means you're going to be building a treasure that is that focused, not stuff focused. You don't have an eternal perspective at the cost of having a perspective and a, and a loving relationship with people. No. But we ought to keep the main thing the main thing. Man, we get distracted. All right, we're wrapping up. We need a faith perspective. We need a Christ perspective. And we need an eternal perspective. I'm going to do something we haven't done in a very long time. Some of you may feel uncomfortable, but just remember, you're not by yourself. There's a whole group of people. Could we stand to our feet? I honestly think that we all need to change at least an area of our life around our perception, how we perceive something that God needs to change and God needs to speak into. So I'm going to have Lyndon and Warren, I'm going to have you guys come up the front. Rob, can you jump in where you see gaps? Come on up. What I'd like to do is there is nothing special. Uh, on, be careful, Dre. I was going to say, there's nothing special about us. There isn't. Though you're special and unique and beautiful. <laughs> there's nothing special or better uh, from my, my elders. Hannah would be here if she could be. Than, than you guys. It's only that I've done relationship with them and I'm going to trust them to pray for you. I trust them implicitly. So what we're going to do is in a few moments, I'm going to ask you to line up with one of these three guys. Uh, I, might be, I might get you to do it, Rob, and I'll just help. Line up where you feel you might need to see a breakthrough in your pers- perspective, okay? Is it a faith perspective? Is it a Christ perspective? Or is it an eternal perspective? And what we're going to do is I'm going to ask the elders just to lay a hand on your shoulder or if you're comfortable, even your head. I just get this picture of anointing. If you're not comfortable with that, just go like this with your shoulder. Present the shoulder. And these guys are just going to pray for you. They're not special. Jesus is special. (laughs) And Jesus works through us. And my hope and my prayer today is that we don't just hear something, but we receive something. And then we don't just receive something, but something changes in us. And that when we go into day-to-day life, we see change. Who wants to see change in areas of their lives? I do. I want a God change in my life in areas. Real talk. Help the Lord to just say, be vulnerable. I have an earthly perspective around my self-worth. I tie success and relationships and material things to my value. 
Anyone else with me? <laughs> I'm just being honest. I've got mistakes. I've got issues I'm trying to work through as well. I'm growing. If I can be honest, you certainly can because you don't have 200 people being like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And I'll write that down for later. Faith perspective, Christ perspective, an eternal perspective. Warren, could you go over to that side of the room? Lyndon, over that side of the room. And you're, you're going to be Dre for now. You're going to stand in the middle. And just over this song, if that's okay, I'm going to encourage you to just come and stand with a whole group of other people. Just stand there and let just say to God, God, I receive a new perspective, a renewing of my mind around this area. I want you to take a moment and have a look and ask yourself, do I need to, do I need a, an injection of faith in my life? Do I need an injection of a Christ perspective or an injection of the big picture? Dre, <laughs> Lyndon, Warren, we'll keep those up. And as the worship team goes, as long as it takes, just come on up. We encourage you. There's no reason to not. And uh, we will love to come pray for you. Who's going to be bold? Who's going to step on up? Thank you, worship team.